1: What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 30 of The Opening Line with Whitson Roz. We are part of the Believe Podcast Network. Check us out. First week of picks here on The Opening Line. We're here to make you that money. Let's go.
0: Right, go.
1: What's up, what's up everybody, this is the opening line with your host Wits and Roz, we are back yet again, another week, episode 30, uh, how you doing Wits, it's been a while, you have a new office, so let's run through how life's been.
2: It's been good, it's been really busy, yeah, I opened up a new office this week, so, uh, Glad I made time for the show. We got a lot of, lot of good stuff going on last uh, dry, dry weekend of the year last weekend, so we got football for the rest of the year. Uh, very excited about it. Very excited.
1: Yeah, it's been super exciting. Uh, coming up on the opening weekend of football, and I'm sure you've been seeing the ESPN commercials because I have. And I know they're not major key games here, but I think one of them is going to be very, very important to the long season ahead of us, at least in NCAA. We won't obviously have any NFL picks for you this week, but we're getting closer and closer. We have our draft September 2nd. I'm super excited about that, although our commissioner will not give us our pick order yet, and that's always very frustrating. I like doing mock drafts, and I like reading into the fantasy magazine, kind of giving me an idea where I should be at. But it is opening football weekend, so we're going to be getting our picks. If you follow us over from the Sporting Edge, we'll explain real briefly here, now that we're on the Believe Podcast Network, that we do a pick system. It's going to be me versus Witt. Sometimes we agree, most times we don't. And what we end up doing is each week we pick five games from each slate, the NFL and the NCAA. So what we'll do with the NCAA is we're going to pick all of the ranked matchups. And that's where me and Wits kind of differ and go back and forth. And then if we don't have five top 25 matchups, then me and Wits get the opportunity to pick picks outside of that that we like and we believe we're going to make money on that upcoming weekend. And that's what we're going to do for you guys. We have a pretty good record. I did lose it. There's a story behind that. I lost track of our record. It's a lot of computer corruption and everything. But what happens is we're going to put money in your pockets and money in our pockets. Wits, you're not super hyped about the weekend. There's only two games. It's Arizona <laughs> not in Hawaii not and much. Miami in it. Florida. It's not a lot to talk about, but you brought up Miami. So that's why I thought it was fun that we're going to start off with this game. We've got Miami sitting at plus seven and a half. Florida, the favorite here. They are home. Florida ranked eighth in the country. We'll start it off. We're going to get our picks going. I'm hoping to go 2-0 and this weekend. Just uh, start off on the right foot. And uh, again, it's all about making you guys money. But Wits, first game, Miami versus Florida. How are we feeling about it? And where are you leaning as it stands right now?
2: Uh, I'm leaning towards the underdog in this one, Roz. I do, uh, like we talked about, I like Miami this year. I think they're going to be a bit of a surprise in the ACC, and I think they end up finishing second in the conference. Um, In Florida, coming in at ranked number eight, I mean, that's a pretty high ranking for a team that hasn't had a lot of success uh, the past few years. When you look at what Tim Tebow did at Florida and the couple national championships that they won, they really haven't been able to put it together, but they do have... A lot of high hopes for this year, so I think this is going to be a big Week 1 matchup. But I do like the Hurricanes, plus 7.5 on the road here. I think the protection up front for Florida is going to be critical this game, and they they did take a big hit in the offseason, losing Martez Ivey, Tyler Jordan, Fred Johnson, and Jawan Taylor. Um, You know They've got very limited experience up front, and I think Miami is going to show out, have a great defensive effort in this one. And I like the 7 plus the hook, so I'm taking the Hurricanes uh week 1 it's going to be a national stage so it's going to be
3: very exciting but i'm taking the underdog. Miami's going to have a big year this year. Wow, so it's looking like we're going to be on the same page for the first pick of this season. That's
1: pretty wild. That's not uh it's not common for us, but here's why that at least i'm going with Miami here. One Florida again offensively struggles year in and year out. I mean Tim Tim Tebow was the glory years for them. Honestly, to me, they haven't even come close to having a stretch like that again. They do have a good defense. It's the SEC. Everybody in that division has a good defense. This isn't the Big 12. But Miami, also not a defense to trifle with. Honestly, they got the turnover chain. They haven't lost a whole lot of talent, and they they recruit very well. So that defense, honestly, to me, like Clemson, matches up well with an SEC defense. And here's the kicker here. Miami, much like Florida, has not been an offensive powerhouse. And we've seen some of the ugliest games with them. I mean, they had a year a couple of years back where they looked like they were going to be headed to the playoffs. They got my or they got to play Wisconsin in their bowl game, and it was one of the ugliest games I've ever seen. But Tate Martell, the new quarterback of the Miami Hurricanes, coming from the Ohio State University. By the way, they are looking to trademark the word the or the, however you'd like to pronounce it. But Tate Martell, a guy very confident, thinks he's better than Justin Fields, who's the number one recruit out of high school in a long time. Probably the best we're going to see in the next couple of seasons. But I think there's a lot of juice and fire under this guy's ass. Tate Martell, not only do they cover the plus seven and a half, they're going to knock off Florida for the first upset of the season. They're going to win this game 38, listen to this, to 17. Because we're going to see the struggles. And when they struggle on offense, it just keeps putting the ball in Tate's hand. I'm looking at a big win here for Miami, and
3: they're going to put themselves on the top 25 list. Wow, big prediction. Didn't think we'd see that much of an upset, but you never know. I think it's going to be a much closer game than that.
2: Um, but I guess we are on the same side for the first pick, so I hope we, got- we don't
1: to it because we got a lot of differences coming up. We do. We've, we're, we're putting in a tough one here. I think we're going to make you money on this pick just because it's a fun game. It's the second and only other game uh, on the weekend slate this, this upcoming weekend. But it, football's back. So we had to give you picks this week. Arizona going out to Hawaii. Kind of a dream gig for these guys. I mean, I understand they're on the road. And I understand it's a long flight. But you get to go to Hawaii for your first game as a college student got to be pretty good. I think it takes away a little bit of the uh, road field, you know. I think it's more of like a vacation. They're going to be relaxed. We've got Arizona out of the Pac-10, minus 11.
3: They're hosting Hawaii, or they're on the road against Hawaii. Who do you like in this game, Witz? I like Hawaii in this one. I think, you know,
2: at home, plus the 11, first game of the year, they're definitely going to be ironing out some kinks on both sides of the ball. But for me, it's all about Cole McDonald. Returning for the Warriors, um, you know, threw for over 3,800 yards and 36 touchdowns last year to only 10 interceptions. Hawaii's returning their entire offensive line. So I think the offense is definitely going to be there in this one. And that's why I really like, you know, getting 11 points, um, you know, against Arizona's defense, which is not not a very good defense. I think they're definitely going to get challenged with Cole McDonald. So I like the Hurricanes in this one, and especially, you know, they're at home week one. I know Arizona and Hawaii isn't the biggest trip, but still traveling. Uh, You know, I like the Hurricanes. Cole McDonald, give me
1: plus 11. Okay, and here's where we're going to differ. New year, not a whole lot of new players for Hawaii, but Hawaii to me doesn't stand up. They didn't have a great season last year, and I don't think it's going to start the way they want this year. I mean, I'm looking at some of the last games for Arizona. They didn't. They didn't really finish well either, losing 69 to 28 to Washington State. Jesus, um, I'm going to regret this pick, but watch me because I always will take the Power Five over these mid majors, and especially over Hawaii. I think. This is basically a home game for everybody that travels there. You're relaxed. You're on vacation. Give me the Wildcats. Minus 11. Probably the hardest pick I'm going to make all year, and it's the first weekend. Because honestly, I don't know much about both of these teams. But again, Power 5 over mid-majors and in Hawaii. I like Arizona to come out hot. Again, the Pac-12 is open to everybody. So hopefully, they will... Figure it out and start out hot and not fall behind the rest of the crowd. But we're gonna go with Arizona. Wits—that's the one we're gonna be different on. So it looks like one of us is gonna be ahead of the other. One of us could be two and zero coming this year, or I could be zero and two and you nice one and one. But we'll see how it goes. We'll get back to you next week on that. Leave us a DM if you're joining us. You hop on board. We'll throw an extra two bucks onto our bet that we'll be throwing down. Obviously, football season is gambling season, and we could not be more excited. Wits. You said it. has been kind of a good dry period. But I thought about this, something that me and you can do as we finish up the show or fill out the rest of the show since we've, we're have we 10 minutes through here. We're going to do hot topics, hot takes, Wits versus Roz. And I've got these topics and takes I think me and you are going to argue on. And here's the first one since we're in the college space. My question to you is, 2019-2020 season, whose outcome matters more to their career? Nick Saban or Dabo Sweeney, and I guess that also is for both colleges, Clemson and Alabama. How are we feeling, and who's has the more important season ahead?
2: Well, I think if you're looking at the past few years, it's definitely Nick Saban. I mean, I don't think it's a great question to begin with because the legacy I don't think changes much you know, no matter what happens. But you know, Clemson has beaten Alabama two out of the last three years. So, you know, if we went three out of the last four and Clemson took down the Crimson Tide again, I mean, Dabo Sweeney would have to be up there if he isn't already with one of the greatest college football coaches of all time. Seeing what he's done with this Clemson program, I mean, very similar to what Nick Saban did. I mean, Nick Saban came into a very middling Alabama program that had once been one of the most successful college football teams in America, went seven and six his first year. I don't think he's lost more than three games in the past decade in one season, but you look at the past three years, there is one team that has been better, and it's been the and Tigers. So I think legacy-wise, probably a little bit more important for Nick Saban this year, um, but, I mean, those those guys are legends already in their own right, so it's not, I don't well, think it's thing. Well, there's more to D-
1: address D- than just the legacy. I'm talking about is this the end of the Alabama dynasty if they do not win? Is Sweeney considered better than Saban if if Sweeney can beat him for a third time now, potentially in the national championship? I mean, do we have a new era basically starting? If Clemson wins again, do they have the dynasty locked up? or do they already have that dynasty and we're seeing the end of Alabama that's kind of where I was going with that question because I think it's going to be very telling the outcome of this season who wins and who doesn't
2: um i think still not a very good question i think you can have multiple dynasties going on at one time especially when you're looking at college football there's over 120 division 1 teams so you know for a team to come in second place three out of 4 years i mean and win five national championships in the past decade you know, I'd consider that a dynasty even though if Alabama didn't win this year. So I don't, I wouldn't really consider it a changing in a guard. I think there's two well, teams. if they
1: don't that- win, do you think the dynasty is over or is it still going on just because they finished second? I understand the argument there's 119 teams, but really Most only bad. the power five gets con- considered. I mean, UCF has finished undefeated every year and they're not even close to sniffing the playoffs, you know?
2: Yeah, I mean, but the, the dynasty is not its not even close to being over. I mean, even if they come in second place, they've been at the top of college football with Clemson. I mean, longer than Clemson has been. I mean, Clemson the past five years is, I'd say, clearly the best team in college football. When you look at the championships they've won and the team in Alabama that they've beaten, but no, this isn't the end or start of another dynasty, no matter what happens. I think you got two of them going on at the same time. Um, so that's my take on it. I, th- I think it's a, kind of a loaded question, And I think you you got two great dynasties going on at once. I think it's possible in college football.
1: I think one ends, uh, and that would be Alabama's if they are unable to win. And I think Davo would swiftly replace Nick Saban as the uh, best coach in college football if he hasn't already done so. Staying on the football front, a lot of NFL news. Wits, here's the question. Raiders, Gruden, and Antonio Brown, are they too broken to be fixed?
3: Oh, absolutely not. I mean, I think a lot of people wrote off John Gruden after that brutal first year in Oakland. Whoa, but whoa, whoa, whoa. Do not say a bunch of people and not include yourself. I will
1: throw back I, the tapes that he is on the snip list to the moon and back.
2: Yeah, a I, I, bunch of people. I'm, I'm in that bunch of people. But I don't think, just because I was pissed at him last year, I mean, one year as a coach of a team, I just don't think you can really have a full picture of what's going on. I mean, if they're just as bad this year, then I think the fire is really under him at the start of next season. But I think just like in any sport, I think you need a little time to get, you know, the right players you want, the right system, the right scheme. It just doesn't happen in one year. So I think, you know, this Antonio Round saga is kind of eye-opening. I mean, the guy is a diva, that's known, but what he's doing is just about as over the top as you get. But, you know, I think if John Gruden, if they show some improvement this year, that would make me think that they have a successful year. I mean, they're playing in a tough division, but you know, if Derek Carr can step up to the plate a little bit and Antonio Brown can put all these issues behind him, I mean, if this Raiders team wins seven or eight games this year, I'd consider that a successful year. And I think John Gruden, as he can, cont- if he's as good of a coach as they thought when they signed him to that 10-year, $100 million deal, if he shows some improvement this year, then I mean, I, I don't think you can write him off yet.
1: Oh, God. I don't know when you got soft. I mean, I sleep with all kinds of pillows, hard pillows, soft pillows, and you're definitely on the on the low-end spectrum there of soft. I mean, this guy is a travesty. He goes out there and says, we need to find ourselves the best ed rusher, edge rusher. And yet, he is known for releasing the best edge rusher in Khalil Mack. They trade away Amari Cooper, who the Cowboys are using almost as like an experiment for Dak Prescott. Can Dak Prescott, before we pay him play with the number one wide receiver and he definitely made it look possible at the end of last season. So what? Replacing Amari Cooper with Antonio Brown? Yes, you do go up a little bit with Antonio Brown, but Amari Cooper was a true one. A guy who absolutely would have helped any quarterback and any quarterback moving forward. Derek Carr, though, paid the $100 million plus already before Antonio Brown was brought in. So you're kind of trapped. So for people saying this is a test, like, oh, can Derek Carr continue to grow here with Antonio Brown? Well, there's not really a yes or no there because you, you've got him under contract for the next four years, and he's sucking up salary. And so is Antonio Brown now, a guy who finally showed up to practice today with a finally certified helmet after putting out two grievances with the NFL and the NFLPA. I mean, he is a track mess, a diva, and you've seen receivers go over the edge on the diva status, and that has been Ocho Cinco, Randy Moss. Terrell Owens all hailed as the best receivers of their time. And they just fell off super, super hard. New face in a new place is never great. I'm going to tell you right now, too broken to fix. Seven and nine is not anything you want to see as John Gruden. And I don't even think they get there. Five and 11, too broke to fix. But Let's go over to another team that is struggling as well and made a decision today, Wits, that I hope you'd agree on with me that seems a little bit ludicrous, but we'll see. The Cowboys, is Jerry Jones being Jerry Jones or is he actually thinking for the first time? This guy making jokes about Zeke when Zeke isn't in practice doing the Zeke who. Zeke not really appreciating that. A deal not really getting done. Now, trust me, I've already said I'm not on Zeke's side. He's got two years left. The fact that he's pulling this right now to me, is a little bit ridiculous. But they paid somebody today, Wits. And as you should know, Dak Prescott, Amari Cooper, and Ezekiel Elliott will all be up contract-wise the next two seasons. Dak and Amari after this season. But they paid somebody, and paid somebody heavy, making the third highest-paid linebacker in the NFL, Jalen Smith, getting paid $64 million today. Right decision, wrong decision is Jerry Jones- Actually playing smart or is Jerry being Jerry? Oof, it's it's hard to find a time
2: when Jerry is not being Jerry, but I think this is crunch time for the Dallas Cowboys. I mean you look at where they were at two years ago, or maybe it was three years ago, that catch with Des Bryant that I still I still think I thought it was a catch. An argument
1: for another day for sure. An argument
2: for another day. They were that close to get I mean, to the Super Bowl. Uh, to the NFC Championship game. So, I mean, this is really crunch time right now because I think they're between a rock and a hard place with Dak Prescott. I mean, that's a quarterback who I think is good enough to maybe get you to the next level. It's not a guy that you're going to get rid of. So these next two years are going to be very telling because with a lot of these young stars on defense, Jalen Smith being one of those guys, and I got to give that guy a lot of credit. I think anybody who was watching those bowl games a few years ago when he tore his ACL and was a projected top 10 pick, that was really hard to watch. You really felt for the guy, but where he's brought himself up, I mean.
1: Think about that, $64 million in a fake ACL.
2: And they, I mean, yeah, it, it's really remarkable, but look at you know, Leighton Van Dresh vandresh and Sean Lee, if he can stay healthy. This Dallas Cowboys team, I think, has the pieces to get in the playoffs and maybe make a run because of that defense.
3: But you're avoiding but, the fact that these pieces are going to be gone and that Jerry's not paying them. That's why I said this is crunch time. You said two years left for a lot of those key guys. So, yeah, this is absolutely crunch time right now. And I know nobody can see it. You're rolling your eyes. What are you rolling your eyes for? Because Cooper and Dak are done after the season. I say two years, I was being nice, putting Ezekiel
1: Elliott as part of that thing. But they're done. After this year, Cooper can move on. Prescott can move on. There is no restrictions like the NBA. These guys can get up and go. And now where's your money? That's my big question. The defense, like you're saying, and I, you gave a very valid point. Their defense, very good. For the first time in a long time, their defense might be the strongest part of their team because Elliott's not there, and because of the risk with that Cooper and Prescott potentially being gone. Where's the money? Wits? 40 million a year, they're looking to pay Prescott. Then how do you pay Zeke? 40 million a year? How do you pay Cooper? You need this team to come together, and it just seems like Jerry is not investing in the right way.
2: Uh, I mean, Zeke is a great player. Definitely one of the top, I would say, top three running backs in the Russian league. champ
1: but two of the last
2: three years. Right. No but injuries. I think we, we've definitely gone over on this show how important is a running back in today's game for a Super Bowl champion. I mean, look, look, look at the Patriots. When is the last time they had a certified dude running the football for them while they've been winning all these Super Bowls? The answer is never. So, I mean, the running back, I think it's an important position. But with the way the game's been changing and these committee backfields, I think you're just seeing that the running back position is not as valuable in today's game. And while Zeke is a
3: fantastic player, I don't think it's the end-all be-all for this Cowboys team. I think there's few running backs that make an absolute difference on a team. I think
1: LaDainian Tomlinson was one of them. Obviously, you go back to a different day when it was like Walter Payton and those Jim Brown back then, because they they dominated the game. And I understand we're in a different era. We're pass first. But put LT on a Super Bowl team, and they're even more dominant. I mean, if you give him to those Patriots teams, I think it's more dominant. I think a running back isn't a quarterback in the sense that, right, they cannot win 11 games. And when it comes down to the final drive, they can't win it for you. But they can make your team different. And with Elliott on the field, that – Cowboys team is significantly different because it gives Dak the opportunity to run the play action, to be a better passer, because people are concerned about the 1,600 yards he's going to put up in a season on the ground. Not only is he good on the ground, but look at him through the air. Over Over 2,000 yards from scrimmage, from on the ground and through the air. Elliott's a different breed. I would put Saquon arguably in that position as well. And then after that, you're right. I don't think there's any running back in the league that seriously impacts a team. But I think Elliott and Barkley are two running backs that legitimately change a team's offense and puts wins on the board. And they don't do war in the NFL. And maybe they do, and I'm just not acknowledging it. But I think Elliott and Barkley's war would surprise you. And I know it's a running back position, but I think that's important money that they should have spent on him first before Jalen Smith, who's coming off, not coming off, but has a torn ACL in his past and is susceptible to injury. You know, am I wrong or am I wrong?
2: Uh, I mean, I'm not denying that Zeke is a fantastic player, but if I named off the last seven Super Bowl champions, I mean, none of them had a running back that was, I think, anywhere right. near And is I'm good.
1: agreeing with you. That there's not a lot of running backs, but he is a select running back who legitimately changes this team. This team, I, I okay, think, if he's gone, I don't, gone, he, I don't, don't think he, I don't if they, if change, they would go to the if playoffs. If he
2: changes this team, but look at the teams who are coming out on top at the end of the year. Do any of them have a guy like Zeke Elliott in the backfield? The
3: answer is no. So, am I saying that he's not important to the Cowboys? No, I'm not saying that. But the these Steelers teams, were close with Le'Veon Bell. I just want to put that in the universe as well. I know they didn't get past the Patriots, but I just want to put that. He, he was a running back that I would put up there. Did, I know. The Steelers won 10 years ago.
1: No, no, I know. I'm saying against the Patriots recently. It's been tough to get past the
3: Patriots, and they're not helping my case. That okay. 100% agree. So Patriots three times. The, the Eagles won in 2018. Can you name me the running backs that were on the Eagles that year? 2018. Jay Ajayi came over. Something Adams. Uh Oh, my God. Actually, Darren Sproles. Okay. That's my point. Who were the starting running backs in the Broncos in 2016 when they won it all? Uh, no Sean Marino. No. No? Who was it? One of them was Monty Ball. But nice. that, that, That's part, partly my point, is that... That the defense team, one, though, like Peyton Manning wasn't even responsible for that in that one. Right. So I'm that that's kind of playing more into my point, that having... Cool. A running back, like, look teams at the teams. have team. different systems.
1: That played into my point. Like, their defense was responsible, and usually you would say the quarterback is responsible.
2: Yeah, usually I would, but if a defense is that good, I'm just saying there's more
3: important things. And I think Elliott's running. that good. Well, how, how have they done the past few years? Huh? If you can stay lot. Watching Scipion two times,
1: how have they done? I mean, they have not done great. But I think he also hasn't been on the field for a good portion because of some legal issues, which I also see being the problem for not paying him. But then again, pay Cooper, pay Prescott. You're going to need two, if not all three of these guys to come back to stay relevant. We're going to move on here from the Cowboys. Last football topic, Baker versus Daniel Jones. Is this real or reality TV? Do you think he's calling him out to spark something? Or do you think they just need some uh, press on Daniel Jones to maybe get him the starting spot there in New York? Uh, I think this is just
2: Baker Mayfield running his mouth. Um, I didn't really think it was a big deal. I thought it was kind of odd that he called him out like that.
1: Very odd. Weird person. Maybe odd. Kyler Murray. Although they were teammates in a sense, I guess. So
2: Yeah, we'll see. I think Baker's got a lot, a lot of other things to worry about. I know he had a great year last year but Best the Browns rookie season are, for a quarterback. The Browns are absolutely on the hot seat uh not because of what they've done in the past but all the offseason additions along with Baker Mayfield people think they're the favorite to win the AFC North and possibly make a run at the Super Bowl. So I think Baker Mayfield better focus up on what's going on on the Cleveland side of things because this is um this is going to be a, I think a tough and challenging year for them because they got a lot of pressure on them. For a team that hasn't been good in a very long time, Baker uh, this, doesn't feel pressure.
1: You got to remember that. I don't know. We'll this see. Guy, when this starts. This cut cutthroat, and that's why he said this. And honestly, to me, it's great that he said that because who's going to have the better career at the end of the day? I'm willing to put 100% of my money on Baker Mayfield.
2: I mean, does that make you a genius? I don't think, I think so. Well, uh, I mean,
1: I, I think this is a great thing. If he if he finds Daniel Jones to be a competitor, people are upset about him picking him. I, hey. Baker's already better than you. Baker will remain better than you, and he's just telling you where to be, putting you in place. Because the Browns are gonna have more success through Baker's stretch than Daniel Jones. And I think that's the important important note to take away.
2: Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I know people are talking a lot about Baker, but he's had one year in the league, so we'll see where it goes from here. But it takes a lot more than one year to solidify a career. So we'll see where things go. Because I know the the Cleveland Browns drafted a quarterback in the first round just a few years ago, if you remember. And things did not work out very well for a very talented individual. So, Yeah, but Johnny,
1: Johnny did not put up or come close to the numbers that Baker did. And uh, Baker wears it all on his sleeve. So no wonder he finally picked somebody to fight with in the NFL. It's only about time. Baker time, baby. And uh, we saw it at Oklahoma, and I'm excited to see it grow more in the NFL. I'm glad he didn't call out like a Tom Brady or an Aaron Rodgers, but I think it would have been better maybe if he went for like a Lamar Jackson. Josh Rosen would have been great. I mean, I don't even think Josh Rosen's going to start week one for the Dolphins, but I like seeing Baker getting aggressive, being happy. I mean, that Browns team's going to be fun. And all the pressure in the world or not, that offense is going to be scary. That defense is going to be scary. And people forget about Miles Garrett, who I think could be the runaway favorite in my book for being Defensive Player of the Year this year. We'll have to wait and see. Wits, final topic of the day. We've done enough battling, enough playing. Just a quick one for you here. The NBA rookies. So everyone voted on their peers, on who will be the best player in their career. They all voted Cam Reddish. And beyond that, Zion's at the bottom with RJ Barrett in terms of the people who were voted on. Who do you feel is going to have the best career out of this past rookie draft class? And why? And are you on, Are you agreeing with Zion being pushed to the bottom?
2: Uh, I would have to disagree with that one. I, I think like that. Out of all the picks, I think I'd have to go with Zion. I mean, looking from a talent perspective, um, I mean, I think the guy's clearly the most talented out of that whole class. Cam Reddish is a surprising pick. But, I mean, some of these people watch a lot more basketball than I do. But I think Zion Williamson, if he's able to stay healthy and develop a little bit more of a shot, I mean, His game in the NBA, he's going to be a scary guy, I think, who could have a lot of success in the playoffs as well. So for me, it's got to be Zion just because I think the projectability of a guy like that is something that we haven't seen in a long time. I mean, people compared him to LeBron. um, Style of play, just body type being a lot athletic and a lot bigger compared to people at his position. So I got to go with Zion. I think he's the most talented out there, and if he can put it together, he's going to be the guy.
1: Right. Zion comes in much like LeBron James, a body type we've never seen with the athletic and physical traits nobody's ever had before him. And I understand people like to joke about the better Julius Randle, but I think Zion's way superior than that, and I think he's going to be a monster. I like the Cam Reddish take, though. 100% agree with it. I don't think he's going to have the better career, but he will finish, I believe, second potentially to Zion Williamson. He was the third fiddle at Duke, but... He was the best defender of the three. Obviously, Zion has the flashier blocks. But Cam Reddish, better defensively, 6'8", shooter. Will be shooting lights out at a certain point. He has the best shot of the three Duke players coming out. And this is the guy who can do everything. He take it to the lane. He can shoot, play defense. He's an all-around athlete that will finally get a chance not to be third fiddle to R.J. Barrett and Zion Williamson. So I liked it. I was very intrigued by it. Do I think he's going to have a bigger impact, better career than Zion? Absolutely not. I think Zion's coming in with all that hype and will match that hype, much like the person before him in LeBron James. But that is all the time we have this week, everybody, for Hot Topics and Hot Takes. Wits, any closing thoughts, anything you want to tell people? And are we getting excited for football to start? Yep, getting getting draft ready. Uh, First week of bowling
2: this week. It's the pre-bowl. And like the preseason. So very happy about it. And uh, yeah, we'll be back with uh, a lot of football picks next week. So very excited about it.
1: We will be back with a lot of football picks. I'm very excited. Guests fell through this week. Things happen on our end. Uh, I'm going to be joining the working force as well, finally. And uh, I'm very excited to do that. So things may be a little sporadic to start, but we will figure it out to get you the opening line and the best lines available. Thank you guys for tuning in this week. We will be back again. More picks next week. If you want to join us on our picks, DM us on Instagram at EthanRose4 or at Xander Horwitz. We'll throw the extra cash on there for you. At least I will. And uh, we're very excited to get this team thing rolling. Let's get it going. This is the opening line where we like to keep the line moving. Have a great day, everybody. See you soon. You'll
0: get none. You'll get none. You'll get none. I can't say that it gets to me, but every time I pull my head up, there's a flex to feed. You'll get none. You'll get none. You'll get none. You'll get absolutely none. Yeah. Every time I get the breath. Breathe. You're next to me, You're building up some press release. To get none, you'll get none, you'll get what? Oh, girl. Hell yeah, I'm up in this bitch, Zack up in this bitch. I've arrived with a motherfucking bucket full of CDs. I'm flying out my city, and it's really something. Busman, little buildings, and the hills amongst them. Got a couple homies out in Austin Cosidem, mess. For you tickets, pop down. Cause I'm feeling like a bigger stage Your bigger weight Just coming from what's pumping in my rip I game, yep, I came up, out, what I used to claim Back in black and days, now I move the ball forward I'm cracking open pack of plays, Dave I'm pumped about your son, man, your one man That got me into music in the first place In the worst ways, I, I wanna give your boy The gift of feeling right-brained And know the love that mom and pop and and us have contained I, I can't say that it gets to me But every time I pull my head up, there's a flex to feed You'll get none, you'll get none you know peace I locked down how to handle situations from the top down let's have a more intelligent conversation let's in those when he was just a flex and a faker when told my reply was some bullshit and that's some true shit and that's whatever feels good and that's when it gets real good